thought we was playing? Y'all thought this was for play play, huh? Nah, 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 this serious business. Now, ladies and gentlemen, with no further ado, Full believers, the spitting truth up in the stew. Okay. Each with different flavors, you can save or you can chew. Talking life, love, and Christ, just to name a few. Grab a seat at the table, we got a bowl that's just for you. Okay. Trey, stay whipping up the work in the kitchen. And whip, we can't keep up with the heat that she be dishing and hype. He had the sight, he was blessed with the vision. And me, I'm in the back, I'll be handling the dishes. I hope you don't mind if I speed it up. Okay. Stay at the beat as I beat it up. Serving it cold, you can heat it up. The food is good, you should eat it up. Thank the Lord for redeeming us, for the four of us teaming up. Lifestyle was dirty, he cleaned it up. Gave us the voice, now we speaking up. Ah. What's up, good people? Welcome back. This is the Last Supper podcast. All male version. All male version today. All male version today. Mm. <coughs> yeah, we jumped right into it. Shout out to Fred. Big ups. What up, Fred? FK Studios. Shout out to Wit, too. She's not here right now, She's but we not. got mad love for our queen. So, what's up, Wit? Wit, we miss you. And just so the people know, because I don't want y'all coming for me, I tried to tell Wit not to go. You know, I tried to tell her, we need you. We need you for this episode. I tried to tell her she didn't have any more PTO this year. And uh, she sent me you that. Control uh, that? Yeah, she sent me you that know? gift where Angela Bassett is burning, burning the car down in the back. In the car and walking away. <laughs> the uh, waiting to exit? Yeah, 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 that one, that one. So wow. we lost her for this week on. I knew, I knew it was official when I saw that. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, but she'll be back. She still loves us. Don't worry. We're going to hold it down. We won't burn the house down. We promise. <laughs> I'm not even going to cook. <laughs> I'm not even going to cook. No. And please excuse my voice, y'all. I'm doing a little bit of uh, issue with my throat right now. So please excuse my voice. <clears throat> Who you been yelling at? Everybody. That's what it sounds like. Ike. What? Relax, Ike. <laughs> you there. <laughs> yeah. So how was y'all's weekend, man? Uh, my weekend was kind of up and down, man. I had plans, but I told you yesterday, uh, my niece got admitted into the hospital yesterday. She had a seizure yesterday uh, morning. And um, got to the hospital, found out she had the flu, temperature of like 102. Wow. And she actually didn't get released until this morning. So um, prayers for my niece, man, JoJo, she's a sweetheart. So let's keep her in prayer, y'all. Praying for JoJo, for sure. Definitely. Uh, my weekend was cool, man. I, what did I do yesterday? See, I woke up. Uh, big ups to my uh, friend Monica Dorsey. She had her uh, Endless Potential conference yeah, yesterday. Monica. We love Monica. Um, Endless Potential. Yeah, it was really dope. Um, so she put on a really great event. So I went there. Um, let's see, ran some errands, went to the gym. Um, then went to uh, Heroes to get my uh, Caribbean vibes on. Okay. The, the Caribbean tings. Oh, Heroes. <laughs> Which one? The one in Victory Park or the other one? No, the one off of 35. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah, they're like the, the real Caribbean Yeah, the real Caribbean. <laughs> if you're not from Dallas, these are local Dallas places. 35 yes, yes. Like 35 so, is a major highway. If that sounds foreign to you at all. <laughs> I'm so, sure it sounds foreign to some people. A lot of people. So, yeah, so that was that. Um, Grandma's birthday was, uh-oh. Was a uh, Friday, so uh, send her some flowers. How does Grandma today? Oh, um, yeah, on Friday. I don't know. Okay. Oh, so I'm just, I'm just still glad here. She's, she's still here. here. She's, she's still kicking. kicking. That's mm-hmm. all that matters. She's still yeah. here. So. Shout out to Grandma if you listen. Mwah. Big kiss. We uh, we're gonna celebrate her today. So. That's real. Oh yeah, that's where you're going later on. Yep, yep. So the family getting together. What kind of turn up for Granny? Um, grandma she, turn all the way up. <laughs> she so she actually she had my dad take her out to dinner Friday. She was like. She can't remember the restaurant, but she was like, I ran up a check. Like, exactly. <laughs> Go ahead. That's like, that's what you're supposed to do. You run the check up. What? Um, so she, my dad took her out to like a really nice dinner on Friday. Nice. And then like the whole family would get together today. And we'll, we're going to go to the house and 
bring all our favorite fruits and just hang out and chill and eat. That's dope, man. So, yeah. Did any of y'all grannies put y'all on vanilla wafers by chance? Nah. Nah. No, sir. Just yours. That's one of the th that's one of the things my granny's gonna go down in history for. My is that introduced me to vanilla wafers. Mm-hmm. Mm. Among a, a slew of other things, but. How was your weekend, bro? How was my weekend? My weekend, <clears throat> it was good. I, let's see, what did I do Friday? I came home after work. I really didn't move Friday evening. I, I went in and I just chilled at the crib and crashed. I actually came over here Friday and uh, chilled with Fred, tried to do a little editing work. You know, he had some some other people over that was also doing some editing work. So spent some time over here and then I just went to the crib and crashed. Saturday, woke up, did the yard. And for y'all that don't know, um, Chris's yard is about 200 yards. Like about two football, football fields, fields. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like, Lies, yeah. yeah. Lies, but it's no, cute. I did the yard. Yeah. Uh, then I went back in, chilled until around five or so. Okay. And then I went to Cigars International in Plano. Is that, a, is is that, that a the shop? one you own? No, I don't own, I don't own it. That's the one you co-founded? No, not, not that either. You just have stock in it? <laughs> Father, personally, um, he was there, he was present, and he was different than the fathers of, the, of my friends growing up. Different in, different in age, different in perspective, different in experience. And I couldn't, I couldn't really appreciate that growing up because the way I came up, it was very traditional and very, he was very much aware and active and concerned with what I was doing, where I was at, who I was hanging with. Mm -hmm. And when you're 16, 17, 18, and you're trying to make moves in these streets, trying to go to these- <laughs> You was trying to make moves? Trying to make moves. What kind of moves you trying to make, Chris? And I'm- so Chris I'm said he watched The Wire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to school at Madison. I'm trying to- You went to Madison? Yeah, I graduated from Madison. What? So you know Gates? That's my guy. Shout Gates. out to Coach Gates. Big ups to Marcus Gates. Hey. Hey, put, put Coach Gates on the show. I got you. I'm going to hit him up. You know, I'm the chaplain over there. I know. I know. Yeah, I'm going to hit him up. <clears throat> Spread it around yeah. Madison. South Dallas legend, Marcus Gates. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hello, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, don't buy hello, Marcus. I'm trying to run the streets hard in high school. You know, they had a party. In that area, it's not that, hard. Bruh, it is, it not, is not hard. I always felt like I was missing something, you know, because mm -hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't go to the house parties. You know the rule that my folks had? Coming up, ooh, it was so embarrassing. Hence why I didn't go to any house parties uh -oh. in high school. I'm waiting. I want to hear this. <laughs> Me too. What kind of rules? What kind of rules does Claude have? Take your sister. <laughs> not take your sister. Not to a Madison house party. Oh no. God, no. That'd be worse. That'd be, that'd be bad parenting. No, it was. It was more like, no, you can go. I just got to go inside and they do a sweep and make sure that everything's cool. And I'm like. I guess I'm not going because there's no way. I don't know. I think I would have took that. That I'm stepping into the party. I think that's a fair. That's a Pops fair deal. Walk in and be like, "Nah, son, this ain't it." No, nah, this ain't it. <laughs> and I'm like, but that's funny because now that I'm older and wiser, and because of how the generations have kind of transformed since I was in high school to now, my little sister who's in high school. If I have a kid by the time they're in high school. I might demand, like, that might not even be an option. Like, I don't even want to go in because I know you can't go. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know you can't go. So don't right. even ask. So, um, 
But that's very different to my friends growing up, how they experienced, you know, they were able to run, move freely. Free. And um, I used to think like, oh man, like, hey, y'all don't trust me. Or like, you mm-hmm. know, y'all lame or whatever. But it was like, no, nah, this is just, and not to say that other parents weren't caring and didn't have that mindset, but they were just a lot, they were more intentional and more aware of how easy it is for a child to just get let off yeah. on the wrong path. So they they raised me in a very traditional sense that instilled some values, some morals in me that honestly just aren't apparent today. I feel in, a, in my mindset, I'm very old school because of him, because of them, but especially because of him. Very old school. I, I'm an old soul and a somewhat young body now at this point, but uh, I just, I don't see a lot of the things that I was brought up on carried through to generations today. Yeah. And I think it's for the worse, honestly. So, no, shout out to Claude for denying me those house parties. Big ups, <laughs> big ups to Claude. I guess I'll go next, man. Uh, I'm definitely the opposite of that. I grew up without a father in the home. Um, he wasn't present. <clears throat> um, I think that created, first of all, that created a lot of anger in me. Um, it made me feel rejected. It made me feel like my father didn't want me. Um, and the thing is, you don't grow out of that. That's something that kind of sticks with you through adulthood too. I remember when I was uh, maybe about 22, 23, I, uh, I talked to my father and I asked him, I was like, you know, when I was a kid, like you weren't around. Like, you know, why weren't you there? And he told me shit up, like I didn't want kids. Mm, wow. And man, when I say that hurt, like I, I went home and <coughs> cried, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like to have your father say, like I just didn't want kids. I'm like, dang, like was I an accident? Was I a mistake? And so it just made me feel a certain type of way. But at the same time, I respected it because it was honest. Yeah. That, that's a weird thing to say, but um, it made me angry. It made me, um, it made me very violent, if I'm being honest, too. Mm. Um, I used to get in a lot of fights. Like from childhood, I was in a lot of fights. Um, with fighting. Where you was, you was whooping kids? I man, can see if, that. If need be, yeah. I can see I can see Man, growing up, man, uh, 22nd Street, Southeast Washington, D.C. is where I grew up. Shout out to your hood. One of our shout top out. estate listeners. Shout, yeah. out, shout out to your hood, man. man I'm just getting a, a whole lot of um, fisticuffs. Fisticuffs. <laughs> a whole lot of fisticuffs. Fist yeah, cuffs, man. Indeed. I was always fighting because I always felt like I had to prove something. You know, it was like uh, <clears throat> when you grow without a father, it makes you feel like you have to prove your worth. Mm-hmm. Because it's like if you're not here, if you're not present, that means that something's wrong with me. That's the way children think. And so growing up feeling like I'm not good enough for you, then I'm probably not good enough for other people. So I have to prove something. That's whether good, that be in yeah. relationships, whether that be in friendships, whether that be in school. Like when I was in school, I mean, I was a, man, I was the, the kid that was like, hey, yo, can we get homework? You know what I'm saying? Like, if, wow. Oh, you was that's that guy. Interesting. I was that, like, I was, I was an extremely gifted kid, you know what that's I'm saying? In regards to like uh, brains and smarts and things like that. Um, I would get bullied on and picked on and whatnot because of that. Mm. Um, because I always felt like I needed to prove that I was worth something. That's deep. Needed to prove that I wow. had, you know, more to offer than what was on, you know, what people could see. And um, it just, you know, when you play in basketball tournaments or, you know, whatever it is growing up, you want your father there, you know what I'm saying? And I remember when I was like 12 or 13 years old, I told my mom, like, I don't need a father. I, wow. Yeah, we sat down and had a conversation. I was like, I don't need a father. I don't need a dad. And that created more and more anger in me. You had a question, Chris? No, I was oh. I was looking at the screen. Oh yeah, just uh, it made me angry. Like that's 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 what not having a father did for me. It made me very very angry. I wouldn't say bitter because I feel like if you're bitter, then you're angry at people that have a father. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't bitter at all. Like my I have an older brother, and his father was in his life. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't jealous, I wasn't bitter. I was more so happy, like, man, I'm glad my, at least somebody gets to experience a father in my household. Because me and my sister, my younger sister, we had the same father, but my older brother had a different dad. So he was able to experience, you know, a father come to pick him up on the weekends and things like that, whereas that wasn't my story. And so it just, like I said, made me angry, made me bitter, made me violent. Um, it never made me hate him. It made me not trust people. Mm. You know, when you, uh, you know, when you call your dad and you say, hey, I need, like, I need jeans. Like, I grew up very poor. I think I shared that before, but like growing up very poor like I did, and you need jeans. You need a pair of jeans, because like you tired of going to school and everybody making fun of your clothes. So it's like, you need jeans. Like, hey, dad, I need some jeans. You call his phone, he's like, I pay your mom child support, click. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the type of stuff that would like, really, really, wow. yeah, like, stuff like that used to really get to me. And I, uh, I think I shared a story with you before, Chris. Like, I remember one time I went home uh, to D.C. to visit for the summer after I moved to Dallas. I think I was in, like, 10th grade, and I went home to visit. And when I get there, my father my uncle picked me up from the airport. This is my first time ever spending time with my father. Like, when, like, I'm going to spend the summer with my dad. So I get there. He take me to my grandmother's house. Get to, and he lived at my grandmother's house. Get to my uh, father's house, and we get there, and... I go in his bedroom and he starts packing a suitcase. And I'm, I ain't saying nothing, I'm just sitting there, you know, wondering. And then he takes it, he packs the suitcase and leaves for the week to go stay with his girl. Wow. Go stay with his woman. And I'm like, bro, I ain't seen you in years, bro. Yeah, you did tell me that. That's and crazy. And so I come to visit you. You ain't seen me in years. You ain't laid eyes on me in years. And I come visit you. And the first thing you do is pack a bag and go stay with your girl. And I'm like, hey, what kind of, like, what kind of father are you, bro? It's so, not one. You know I'm what I'm saying? So like, and I, I'm not going to say that because I'm not going to disrespect my father. You know what I'm saying? I'm still going to show honor. I understand what you're saying because he wasn't a father to me. I, I'll say that. Well, to he you. Was, he was not yeah. a father to, to you. me. We'll he, say to he you. He was not a father yeah. to me. And so, um, yeah, man, it just, it, it created a lot of different things. It created uncertainty. Yeah. It created a um, a lack of confidence because like I said, when you feel like you're just easily thrown away mm-hmm. or like nobody cares or nobody wants you like that, especially a parent because that's where you feel like you're going to get that from. Yeah. My parents are gonna make yeah. you feel like you can do anything, be anything. They're gonna instill confidence, instill love. Like I question so many things and so many people's motives because I never had that steady hand, so to speak, yeah. to teach me what certain things were. So we're gonna swing it to Trey. Yeah. I just want to speak on something you said real quick and kind of highlight what I started with when you shared that your dad told you he never wanted to be a father, and it's very easy, I guess, in that mindset to be like, I didn't want this. I didn't sign up for this. I'm severing the tie, I'm cutting that off, and I'm moving forward with my life, and he, he'll he figure it out, he'll figure out somebody to look up to, but it's like, no, he was still the person you looked at. He was still a leader, but he just, because of how he lived, he taught you a perspective on fatherhood that unfortunately was, was flawed and skewed because of your experience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, that's just a, I guess that's, that's just kind of what I'm feeling that I want to, at least on this point, drill home to people. Because I know I got homeboys and friends that are new fathers, been fathers, have multiple yeah. kids. All <clears throat> different circumstances and situations of how it came about with different emotions attached to it. And the one thing I try to preach to all of them is, bro, you whatever you feel about the situation does not matter. It does not matter. Because at the end of the day, your junior, your daughter, whoever, those are going to be the people that pay the consequence. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how you feel about the mother or the situation. 
or what you wanted in life. You can't, you, all that has to come second. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah bro. So what's up, Trey? Trey? Um, I mean, I feel like growing up with the family that I had with two very, I will really just on both sides having very strong male leaders. Um, my dad, on my dad's side, I had my dad, obviously, and then um, my grandfather who passed away last year. And then on my mom's side, um, I had my uncle Billy, um, my uncle Jeff. Um, unfortunately, my mom's father, he passed way before I was ever born. Um, but like, I had the opportunity to see both like in my own home um, and then also like in my family to see um, very good and positive uh, examples of like how to be a man, how to be a father, just male leadership. And then um, I have some not so good ones, um, not so good ones um, that um, we just kind of, you just kind of like learn from both of them, honestly. Um, I think with my father, the biggest thing I learned was um, the example, how you lead, how you carry yourself. Um, that'll ring way louder than any words you could say. Um, and I think it's even better when your words and your actions match up. Um, my dad was always, um, I remember one thing he used to tell me when I was little was all the time he would say, your attitude will determine your altitude. Um, and I just, I carry that even to this day because it's like, stuff is going to happen, right? Um, I've even watched, and again, like this is even something I watched him carry out. Like stuff is going to happen. Um, but I think what's been what's been really a good lesson for me is that like my attitude cannot reflect my situation okay like i can't i can't allow um you know if i'm going through something or if i'm like having a tough day or if like stuff just keeps happening i just feel like i keep getting hit and hit like one thing my dad always told me was like hey like you've got to be a problem solver as a man You've got to be the one that leads the effort to figure out solutions to problems. And that's one of my, and sometimes it gets me in trouble, but like that is literally like my mindset. And it's to this, to this, to this day, it's almost like a natural thing. Like it's not even a thing I have to think about. It's like my first, so my first thought is like, okay, how do we resolve this? How do we move past this? So I think that's one, that's one huge thing is like just seeing that example. And then also understanding that like as a man, we have to get to a point to where sacrifice isn't like something that is a chore. Mm -hmm. Like we have to get to the point to where we are living our lives in a sacrificial manner. That's real. That's um, because like, because like, I just be honest, like I remember eighth grade, um, my mom was in the hospital. Even to this day, I don't exactly know why, um, what, I can't remember what exactly was going on, but I just remember waking up one night in the summer, it was like two, three weeks before school started. And um, she was literally in one of the, the uh, bathrooms downstairs, coughing up blood, just laying on the laying on the floor, coughing up blood. She was in ICU for maybe two, three weeks. And I remember my dad um, was literally living out of the van because we I was moving into a new school. He had to get me and Timothy ready for school, like all this stuff like that would take two people. He had to do on top of going to the hospital, making sure he understood what was going on. Um, like, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, it was a lot going on. And I just remember one day I got in the van. Um, this is when I was about to start at Trinity. Um, I got in the van, we had just left. Uh, they do like a spiritual interview, uh, which side note, how are you gonna do a spiritual interview with a 13 year old? I didn't, 
<laughs> just thought that was really weird. Um, so we we just got out that, um, and we get in the van, and like to this point, I had never seen my dad like not clean shaven. Mm-hmm. Um, this was before like the beard thing was like really popping. Right. And so I get in the van, and he's got like bills all over. Like I don't know if they were bills, but it was like mail all over the van. And my dad is a super neat, super clean person. So I get in the van. I said, Dad, um, like you haven't shaven. You're in sweats, like you got mail all over. Like you, you think you should go home and rest? And he said, "How am I supposed to rest when my family's not taken care of?" I said, "Wow, no true word, no real words have ever been spoken." And, I, and like, and like, and like, it wasn't something he said. It was like that's me connecting his words mm-hmm. to his to, action. To, yeah. And I so, like, you. another example, like I've gotten from him was like, if your words, when your words and your actions align. That makes your life way more powerful, way more impactful. And so um, it's just been really dope, even for the ups and the downs. Like, I, my dad isn't a perfect person. None of us are. Um, but, like, just him living his life the way he lives it, um, even, like, just understanding that, like, he also has to lead in ways that may not, that may be uncomfortable. Like, I remember one time, Oh, wow, just a lot of really little good things. I remember one time, it was a couple years ago, maybe two, three years ago, um, we were all on our way to church for Mother's Day. My grandfather was out of town, so we were going to pick up my grandma um, from her house. And I remember we were running behind because my dad, like, I can't remember who overslept or if he was running behind. I can't remember what it was. We were running behind. And so we get in the car. We're all in the car together. He calls my grandma, and um, he says, hey, I'm on the way. Um, get ready. And she uh, she says, hey, yeah, I've already went to church. Um, Don't worry about it. Yada, yada, yada. And she wasn't upset. She was like, I already went to church. It's fine. Um, And um, my my dad had, especially when I was young, he had a lot of, he had some anger issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember in the car, he hung up and he like threw the phone and he was like, damn it. And we were just all in the back like, why are you upset? That's literally (laughs) me and my, my, we're grown. Me and we're grown. I, I may have been like 23, 24 I looked at my brother. We both had the same look. Like, why? why relax. <laughs> um, it's Mother's Day. Like, relax. Um, and so he comes. So we get back to the house. He comes in the room and he says, hey, Trey Timothy, I just want to apologize for my outburst. Um, that was not okay. I just want to make sure y'all were good and all that. And I was like, wow, well, that's a grown man. Yeah. Coming good. to apologize mm-hmm. to us. So, like, those examples, you know what I'm saying? Like, again, words and actions align makes your life really powerful. It's dope. That's good. So how would you, how would we describe the difference between a boy and a man? Um, I'm about to get off. A boy and a man, now in my mind, as a as a 29 year old man, it's very different you know, than I thought 10 years ago. And as far as my father goes, I think he showed that with how he handled situations when his back was against the wall in life. Um, one that sticks out to me was, and you have to rewind it way back to, I mean, honestly, before I was even born. Um, <clears throat> my father uh, was not with my mother for a time, and then he fathered my brother with another lady. and kind of put himself in a situation where, you know, he had to be, he had to be a father. And naturally, you know, if you rewind it 
30-something years to this point, you know, my mother, that was a very tough pill for her to swallow, mm -hmm. you know, the man that you love, about to have a child that's not yours. 2020, women like that, I mean, they, they chunk you to deuce more times than not. Yeah. You give them an out, they, they're going to take it. And basically what I remember my father telling me about that time was that what he told my mom was, essentially, this is what I have to do. I mean, I want you here. I want a life with you, but I can't opt out of being a father because of what I feel for you or because of the situation. So this is where I'm at. And I want you here to help and support. And I can say from my own eyes, he handled a very tough, very sticky situation as best as he could. And it still, still didn't turn out, you know, the way you would want it to turn out just because of the family dynamics. But one thing I can say is he did everything he could in his power to keep his somewhat broken family whole and never made anybody feel like a step anything, a half anything. Um, treated us all the same, same love, same tension, same same focus and commitment to just making sure we all had what we needed. And that's that's really what a man is nowadays. Um, it's very easy to get caught up in the other aspects of manhood that come with it. You know, being, and they're, and they're legit, they're legit, you know, parts of manhood, being a provider, um, working hard. All those things are a part of manhood, but at the end of the day, it's kind of what you kind of alluded to already. It's about sacrifice. That's what separates a boy from a man. Prior, where are your priorities and what are you sacrificing for the greater good of your family or whoever you love? Um, I can tell you my first introduction to manhood, especially post-college, no, you have to go post-college. In college, my idea of a manhood was living on your own, <laughs> uh, being able to buy what you want. Indeed. Keeping a revolving door. Uh, 100%. <laughs> you know, um, having a solid crew behind you. Yes. Uh, you cheating all the checklists. <laughs> all the checklists, bro. <laughs> Gotta have your, your squad behind you. Um, yeah, and just, basically they were all external mm. factors. Wow. All external yeah. uh, evidence or appearances of manhood. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a real manhood. You know what? This is a good way to put it. And oh, Claude Hyde be having gems. We're just going to shout out Claude Hyde this whole episode. We're going to have to bring Claude. <laughs> hey, text him. Tell him come over. <laughs> we, need to hit up. we need to have Claude on the episode. We, we might. We might. You know, he don't like to come out of his room. <laughs> My guy likes to hibernate. So <laughs> he, got about, he got about 12 rooms in that house. <laughs> Yeah. On the first floor. On the first, exactly. <laughs> we have a flat house. But anyway. <laughs> like There's it. stairs. I'm about oh, to say. I'm sick. Mm, <laughs> flat. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, no, one of the things he told me as a man, he said, you're not a man if you're never the bad guy in your house. Ooh, sheesh. And I said, wow. T-shirt. Yeah, I said, wow. Whoa. That's actually. And I thought about wow. it. I thought the times he was the bad guy to me, the bad guy to my mom, my sisters. He just stood firm every time, like, man, okay. Just punch your pillows. I want to go to the party. <laughs> <laughs> Chris not letting these parties go. Cameron, Cameron, 
Uncle Josh going to the party? Why can't I go to the party? Put a beat on, Dad. Put a beat on. Oh, I ain't Cam and Josh's parents. I ain't so and so's parents. <laughs> put a beater on. Real said, put a beater on. So, uh, no, just being fearless and not. And that's an that, that kind of tells it spins into another aspect that I think I see with parents of today. Just trying to be your child, your child's friend. You know, my yeah. parents. Yeah. My parents admitted the same. I'm not one of your little friends. At the park. <laughs> they, had, they had to park at the, at the end. Yeah. I'm not one of your friends. My mom used to love saying that. I ain't one of your little friends at the park. At the park. Well, I we can't. Don't go to the park. You don't let me go to the park. So therefore, I don't have I don't know friends. Who my friends are at the park. I don't have friends at the park, mom. So, no, he was never, because he was never interested in being my friend. Like, that was never his priority. It was like, no, I'm going to teach you how to be a man. And that came with going against the grain. And, because he's so traditional, he came from another time, literally another generation where it just, the world looked completely different. His perspective on things that I know- You look I, like he's a time traveler. No, he really is. No, it's not that he's a time traveler, but he's, he's the type of man, he still struggles with letting my 17 year old sister like show a little belly button, you know, in some of her shirts. Like- I would have a problem with that too if I was a father. But that's fine, but that's not common today. Mm. Not to that extent. It's gonna be common like the rapper. <laughs> it's gonna be common. And, and it's gonna be common in my like house too. Like the or rapper. I'm gonna have a more, more of a intentional mindset on how does my daughter look leaving the house because of what I saw, because of his, and I think he goes overboard intentionally just to like drive that home. Because if we don't, then we'll walk, let him walk out wearing like bikinis at 13, <laughs> you know, to church, to church. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? Everything. Everything. So, no, that's that's how he showed me what being a man was. And kind of, he illustrated what the priorities should be. They weren't they weren't my priorities mm. for a while. And then life has a way of bringing whatever's in you out of you. And yeah. now I'm like, oh, a lot of ways I said I probably wouldn't be like my father. I, I probably will be in a lot of ways. So It's going to be called. Um, yeah. I guess for me, the difference between manhood and boyhood comes with a perception of knowledge. Um, think about it. What if, if you have little cousins, nephews, whatever, little boys always think they know everything. Yeah. We always think they know everything. Could not tell everything. Me I had a 17-year-old cousin ask me a question about world history one day, and I asked the question. He was like, how do you know that? What are you talking about? Like, I'm a grown man. Like, I know things. You know what I'm saying? It. But he was so surprised that I knew some random information. And so I think with with boys and even men that behave like boys is because they feel as though they know everything and they don't, they're not willing to receive information. They're not willing to take advice. They're not willing to heed um, the word or um, advice of other people. So maybe someone has been there in their situation or their shoes before, but a man understands that I don't know everything. Everything isn't going to always make sense. Everything's not going to always be easy. There's going to be times when I have to reach out for help. There's times when I recognize that it's not always about me. And when you have that, I feel like when you have that knowledge, when you fully understand that, it like, I just don't have the answer to every situation. Like, I'm sure there are times maybe your father reached out to somebody that you didn't even know about to get information on how I should handle this situation with Chris. How should I handle this situation with Alex? How should I handle this situation with Miss Angela? Like, it, it, he has to reach out sometimes because maybe he has a mentor. And that's why it's important to have a mentor, too. But... <clears throat> when you're a man, you recognize, I don't know everything. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the insight. 
I can't tell everybody everything. You don't have all the answers, Sway. Like, like how, Sway? You ain't been doing the education. <laughs> But yeah, I feel, like that's, I feel like that's Let one of the biggest differences between manhood and womanhood. <laughs> Y'all are funny. Oh, I really think that's one of the biggest differences when you recognize, like, I don't know everything. Because young, even men that, like I said, behave like boys, they swear they know every single thing. Oh, let me school you to some game. School me to some game. You don't know nothing. Don't know nothing. You don't, that's a whole double negative. You don't know nothing. You don't know nothing. Like, why am I going to sit here and listen to you? Like, and a lot of people, when they feel like they know everything, they, they steer you wrong. Mm. But men that realize that they don't know everything, they know where to get it from, whether it be mm. a mentor, whether it be on the word of God, whatever it may be, they know how to go get that information. You know what that is? And it's something that society teaches you as a man that you don't really need to have. It's humbleness. Exactly. Humility is real. Humility, humbleness, that is yeah. very counterintuitive to what a man is in 2020. You kind of described it with your dad, say he's willing to be the bad guy. Most people don't want to be the bad guy because it makes them look bad. Mm -hmm. And if you're willing to be humble, you don't care about that. You're willing to wear that cross, to bear that cross to deal with whatever you got to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. That's my view anyway. Yeah, that's, I mean, same. I think uh, another thing my dad, I think he was really pushing this on me when I was in high school, was uh, the difference between looking right and actually being right. Mm. Um, I had this this phase where I was so worried about like the outward. Like the, you got the, you needed the J's. Well, I was never that guy, but it was it was more so like it was more so like I would clean my room and I throw out the clothes in the closet. <gasps> I do that. Yeah, I did that. That's not clean. Chris said he do that. I, I do. I, I did that. Yeah, I occasionally do do that. He did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It is clean. If you can't see it. <laughs> and my father <laughs> would let you know in a heartbeat that ain't right. And so it was just like, I feel like when you transition into the mindset of being a man, you're con you're not concerned about how things look. You're concerned about how they actually are. Like my dad was never concerned about, oh, Trey, you know, you don't have the coolest this or the coolest that. My dad was concerned about you making A's and B's, you doing what you got to do, you're developing as a person, you know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't worried about, like, oh, well, this parent lets their kid do this and this parent. No, he was like, I don't care. He was like, no, in my house, you're going to actually be prepared, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I just think that's probably the biggest thing for me, like, the difference is like a boy is concerned about like kind of like what y'all said like the outward, mm -hmm. um, like the the clothes or like you know even like the the some of the you know the uh, societal appearances like the revolving door all that having your own place and it's like why would you I remember we even had a conversation he was like I was about to move out because I was like really like not feeling him at one point i was like I'm, i gotta go i was like i was literally i literally remember saying these words not to him because even at 26 i never say this in my father's face living in this house or not i literally remember saying like yeah i'm off of him i'm bro i'm off him. Off you, i'm off bro like bro wilder you wash and he he told me i was like yeah i'm, I'm already looking at places like i got one i got one uh 
tour later on this week. Oh, you or got something. tours. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what you do. That's what you do. Oh, you're looking at models. Like I wanted him to know, like I'm out of here. I'm off you, dog. Now we got both shows on this. Shows in his room. MLE, baby, MLE. <laughs> his dad found his dad found in the drawer like Craig had he found a gun. <laughs> oh, oh you trying to move out? You think you're a man with this brochure? <laughs> you think you're a man with this? I'm a man without it. Man without it, man without it. Oh man, bro. Put your house keys up, son. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're a man. <laughs> Y'all are an idiot, bro. <laughs> but yeah, we were having that conversation, and he said, so you're going to move out. Why? Because you're upset? And I was like, I don't know how to answer this. He knew it was a rhetorical question for him. Mm-hmm. He was like, so are you ready to move out? Another rhetorical question. <laughs> he says, you're so focused on how you feel now that you're going to mess up where you could possibly be in the future. And I said, "Speak, Mister McCall." That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. So it, it was. It was even. It was even that. Like still, like carrying that principle. Like the difference between a boy and a man is like boys are focused on like the now, looking right. Men like I'm. Like things are actually right, whether they look right to you or not. From the outside looking in, when you come in, when you come inside my house, we're gonna be a one day when we're gonna be airtight. Like it's gonna be a tight ship around here. So I feel like. That's for me. That's probably the main difference. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Mm. I like this question. Oh yeah, who killed him? What are some things Ooh. the world or the streets taught you that you wish you would have learned and listened to at home? The cheeks. <laughs> Don't trust these. No, I'm <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't kidding. I was going to say that. Uh, I wasn't kidding. No, no. That's no. What you said was very true. The, the cheeks. cheeks. <laughs> the cheeks. Avoid them. Avoid them at all costs. At all costs, it's, it's like an abyss. Don't. It, <laughs> that can go a lot of different ways. That can go a lot say, of ways. We might cut that completely. <laughs> so, sorry, <laughs> Mia. If, if, we're, if we're laughing, it's because we cut something. <laughs> um, no, okay. What are some things that you learned that the streets taught you? That street education, mm. hood knowledge. That hood knowledge. I would say definitely just, I mean, about women. You know what I'm saying? That's like, probably the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. But you, for me, it can expand it past that. That's definitely included in it. But nothing nothing that I cared about from 18 to 25 mattered. It literally <laughs> did not matter. <laughs> True. It was all temporary. It was, I was so hell-bent on like, like I said, aligning my life to this this perception I had in my mind of like, what matters? Now I'm like, I'm looking up and I'm like, it don't matter. You know, I should be investing. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Diversifying. Right. Or like, how much is going on my 401k? Like, right dang, how much red meat am I eating on a weekly <laughs> basis? <laughs> yeah. What's, what's, are they matching me? At, 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 at what, are they matching me? <laughs> at what percent? At what percent? <laughs> you know what I'm exactly. So, or it was, you know what? This is a good, this is a great, way to kind of illustrate this like what's my legacy gonna be that's a good one and this is just i'm gonna get i'm gonna get a little personal can i get a little personal no 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 okay trace that i can't get personal (laughs) (laughs) um one thing one of the things that i struggle with one of the voices that i've heard in my head for a long time was that i won't have certain things that other people have like families Mm. kids all those things that kind of like we're talking about 
So, and like, I would hear it earlier and I would just kind of ignore it because I'm like, of course I will. Of course I will. You got time. I got time. Yeah. And then I'm looking up and I'm like, I ain't got all that time I thought. Right. You know? And just judging how life has transpired for me, I I think I have the thought more than the average person of it might just be me rocking this rocking through life, me and God at least. Wow. Um so what's my legacy gonna be? Which kind of breaks my heart for my father, because I wanna give him a son. I wanna keep the name going. I have an older brother, he doesn't have a son either, you know? And hopefully my sisters do it right and they don't end up, you know, single mothers, you know. Hopefully they find husbands and have children but those won't be hype kids they'll be whoever their husbands are so it's like what will my lasting impression be those kind of thoughts are what led me to this right here because if it's not going to be children if it's not going to be a family it needs to be my words it needs to be bread my bread the bread pulling up breaking bread and fed it needs to be what people remember me by and the life that i live and unfortunately, because that's my mindset, my family a lot of times gets the short end of the stick because I spend a lot of my time out and about doing this, connecting with people, talking to people. And because that's my <coughs> mindset of right now is this is my legacy. This is my child. My, my lasting words, the memories people have of me are going to be the things that I remember. So... I'm directing a lot of effort, a lot of focus, a lot of attention into those areas. And that's, especially like I said, with this this podcast and some of the things we have in the future planned for, for us to grow, like that's that's my son as of right now. And I would love to have a real one eventually, but I've come, I've accepted the fact that maybe it doesn't happen. And I think I'm gonna be okay with that more than most people because I've had that thought. Maybe that's why I've been having those whispers. Um, I still want it. But that's that's where my priorities are, you know. And so to swing it back to the question, um, just putting putting value on the things that are going to last beyond your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to remember how many women you had in your life. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to really care how much money you accrued in your lifetime. Or yeah, very true. How many people you mm-hmm. knew. It's, no. Or, or how many gas cans you <laughs> collected? They only gonna care about the money if they're in the will. It, exactly. That's facts. Exactly. So it's more about like either focusing on the things that are gonna allow you to be a good leader for your future potential family, or putting your effort into the things and the ideas that you're doing with God at the center for one, because that's that's a very important caveat because none of this legacy stuff matters. Like if I was doing this and it was outside of him, then it's just as useless as any other thing I'd be doing. You yeah, know? yeah. But putting my effort into those things that will outlive me, like I, that's something I wish I would have had the mindset. And it's hard to have that mindset at 17. It's hard to have that mindset at 25. That's why I looked Look at people like Sim, even you, Trey, to a certain extent, like people who are younger than me, who are obviously way more mature than I was at their age and just kind of get it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang. Yeah. I wish. Shout out to young Simba too. Shout out to young Simba, Sim. Chris, all our young, young, Sim young soldiers in the field. 
you mm-hmm. know, who are out here really trying to do it right. Because you, you're going to cut the learning curve in half for people behind you. Truly. And when I look around in my life growing up, outside of my pups, there was not one consistent voice that would have got me here mm-hmm. outside of God and him. Yeah. You see how long that took? Because I had to do me. So that's kind of how, that's one thing I wish I would have paid attention to, just focusing on the things that people are really going to remember you by. I guess for me, I would say, um, not necessarily, like, I don't like the term hustle so much because it has a negative connotation to it, but just that grind, that go mm-hmm. get it, that yeah. drive, yeah. you know, like not having a father, because a lot of fathers, they teach their sons that thing, they instill it, like how to work, how to go get it, how to perfect their craft. You know how to be good at something and focus on that thing. Like you see stories, you read books, you see movies and things like that. You understand that a father can teach their son a lot of different things. And so when you desire to be great at something, but you're like, am I great enough at it though? You know, so you don't even know if you should go after it. And I feel like what a father, a father can teach, should have taught me how to go after certain things, how to um, acquire my goals, go after my dreams and, and try to really just go, like really, really attack them, so to speak. Um, and that's something I had to learn, you know, on my own. And that's something that I'm still learning today. Um, like I, I think I told Chris and I told Trey too, like um, two of my lifelong dreams have been reached this year alone, um, simply just based on this this format what or this platform. Who those? The, um, in the booth. Oh, you did like fire in the booth. Being in the booth. <laughs> okay. And, and it's, he lit it on fire. And there's more. And there's more coming, y'all. Like there's I, more coming. I got. I got. We Chris got those gas cans for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Real is an arsonist. <laughs> like I'm telling you, I'm about he's to, a lyrical arsonist. I'm gonna set a pool on fire. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, Hold on, wait, 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 wait. I don't want y'all to miss that. <laughs> he said he's gonna set a body of water on, on fire. fire bro. Like it's coming. That's crazy. And so um. <laughs> But yeah, like when you're good at something and, and a, a father or even a mother, like if they notice that in you, they can teach you like, son, you're really good at this. Go after it. Mm. You know, attack it. You know, go get it. You know, make it yours. Own it and develop it. But I had to learn that later <coughs> on in life because it was something like I didn't. Like I said, when you're a kid and you don't have a father figure growing up, you don't have confidence in yourself. Okay. And so when you don't have that confidence, you're like, I shouldn't go after this. I'm not good enough. But if somebody instills that in you from a young age, you're like, I am good enough. Mm-hmm. I can go after it. So that's something that I wish that I would have learned a long time ago. Because when you have fear on your back, you'll miss out on a lot of trains. You won't get on a lot of trains to get you to a destination you should have been at. And you'll get there later on in life and you could have got there so much earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, probably for me, I probably could just give up a whole laundry list, but I think probably the thing that probably got me in the biggest can I stop you real quick? Yeah. Where does the term like the whole laundry list? Like, what's a laundry list? Like, I, I understand grocery I list. I don't know. But laundry list, like, with, like know. white to dark, because that's it, right? That is something. I to don't think know. That's about. a great I've question. Like, where do certain that, like where do phrases come? A laundry from? list. That's is a great only question. Compose laundry things, not yeah. other things. Exactly. So I don't. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Trade no, no, so, no, that's a that's great question. That's always baffled me. Like, give him a penny for his thoughts. Let me give you my two cents. Somebody need change. Somebody, somebody needs some change. Real is our local um, wow. just challenger and just deep thinker, <laughs> philosopher, <laughs> philosopher. Yes, sir. We're gonna solve life's mysteries. One question at a time. One question at a time. Back to Trey's laundry list. So, um, yes. That has nothing to do with laundry. That has nothing to do with laundry. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I could probably pick from a lot of different things, but probably the thing that probably got me in like the biggest amount of trouble, headache, just complicated situations uh, is sex. Sex. The sex. The sex. The, the sex. sex. Yes, the, the sex. sex. With- 30 X's. Sex. Or S E C K S. Sex. I thought you were something different. <laughs> you go over there having the sex, ain't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You over here, the sex. Sounds like something an old man would say. Yeah, but uh, I'm having the sex. 100% out here hunching. <laughs> um, yeah, bro. So, like, just being exposed to it at a ridiculously young age, mm. eight, six. It was I was young, um, um, and just even to, um, I think me and my father literally had one conversation about it. Why is the, I, I don't know? You, I don't. I that's don't one more conversation that we probably had. Yeah, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I just got that. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't, I, and, and it was like a super random thing. It, I was in eighth grade, um, and we we had a game all the way out in Grapevine. He came to the game. Um, which he usually does, and so, you know, like team games, you got. What were you playing? Basketball. I'm gonna leave that alone for now. Kick to you. <laughs> oh, Chris, you can't guard. Chris, you can't, you can't guard me, bro. Can't guard me, bro. Chris doesn't guard you fouls flagrantly. I don't foul. You just <laughs> you lack weight room. Look, 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 look. <laughs> he plays very handsy defense. <laughs> hey, Robin is a Hall of Famer for a reason. Chris, your hands are Hall of Fame. We're going to have a Last Supper hoop. We got to. We're going to film it. We got to. We're going to make that a whole episode. We have to. (laughs) That actually would be like pretty cool. Now we're going to do it. Um, But yeah, so it was random. He was like, yeah. He went to my coach. I asked him if I could ride back with him. I'm like, okay. Literally. It was from Grapevine to DeSoto. So that's a nice little drive. That's nice. The conversation maybe lasted 10 minutes. We wrote a silence the rest of the way. Wow. What happened was he probably saw you look, look at the chili and it was like, oh, I know what you're thinking. We need to talk. And, <laughs> and, and in my head, I'm just like, bro, you're like five years too late. Bruh. And, mm-hmm. and not even from like a cocky standpoint because it wasn't that, but it's just like I had been exposed to so much. So early. So early. And it was just like, it's almost like I did not have a chance. No, mm. I bruh. did not have I a chance. That, I took, remember, I told you that like mm-hmm. maybe like a month ago. I, was like, I remember bruh, because of certain things, I never had a chance. And if I didn't, especially if you're not having conversations, I'm learning so much. Yeah, yeah. I'm learning stuff I don't even understand what it is. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Like there were things like even like when I was active, like active, I had a active sexual life. Like there were even things like even then I was like. I'm out here winging it, dog. Bro, my expectations <laughs> I'm right. were I'm out here so winging off. it, bro. <laughs> my perspective was so just skewed because of what I had seen, what I had bro. witnessed. So you expected something that wasn't like, realistic. And it would and, and and I never like I never I never struggled with that. I never struggled with like what I would watch and like expect that to be a reality. I think I kind of like mm-hmm. was able to like differentiate. My whole thing was I never properly had I never properly was able to view sex and really view my body. Um, it was more so like my body's supposed to give me pleasure. I got to do whatever I got to do to get, that to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was never a thing of my body is sacred. 
I don't need to have community. <laughs> what? I, don't, I don't need to have community dick. Like my body is sacred. Like oh my god. I'm sorry. My <laughs> We're bad. Maybe not. That's real. That's real. No, it's real. That's real. But like, never like to kind of really slam dunk that home. Like, bruh, I threw away my first time. Like, what, bruh? If (laughs) I'm gonna tell y'all the story after we get off air, but like, I mean, but like, bruh, like it's like I can't even laugh about it because it's so like just. I literally just like just gave it away. Like, and so, but like as men, like we don't hear. You need to honor your body. Your body is sacred. It's, it's. If, you, if you're not getting that at home, the streets are gonna tell you go knock down and everything you can. Go knock them down like a bowling pin. You honor mm-hmm. your body by stacking trophies. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you honoring your body? Well, young ladies are taught the opposite though. Absolutely. Which is crazy. We, we don't get that at all. We you don't right. get that. And so, like, I had and like, I'm when I say like, I'm literally just unlearning this, maybe over the last two three years. And so it's like now I'm starting to I had to like shift how I view my body, just even just in in relation to like my like my sexual desires is like everything I see is not worth it. Like everything everything I see will not give me you know the the lasting pleasure I think it is. And so I, that's probably one of the things I wish um, I could have gotten a little more um, teaching about in, the, in, in at home. Because I feel like that maybe could have affected the way like I viewed certain things. Okay. You know we gonna <clears throat> we gonna wrap it up on this one because this is this has been it's been meaty. Yeah, very much so. That was the worst way that to say that. that. Oh was the wow, worst that's the yeah. worst way to say that after what I just said. <laughs> so much editing to do. Oh my. <laughs> Sorry, man. We love you. Oh, man. <clears throat> okay. How difficult was it for you to transition into manhood while maintaining your relationship with your father, or really, in your case, with your mother? Was the transition more difficult for you or your father? Um, hmm, interesting. I'm gonna say it was it was difficult for both of us. I can't speak to who it was more difficult for. I think it was fairly difficult for both of us. Um, again, I can only speak for my end on the difficulty and what I experienced. And it really isn't anybody's fault. It was just the fact of the situation and something that I came to realize. Um, Due to, I think, the difference in the generation that my pops came up in, the world that my pops came up in versus me, my transition into manhood revealed that in a lot of ways he did prepare me. He prepared, he did a great job preparing me as a man morals, values, that, that sort of thing. But he didn't know, he, he didn't know enough to prepare me for the world in other areas that I'm living in. I felt like I was trained to come up in a world that doesn't exist anymore. In, mm. in a sense of like how to be successful, how to, just certain moves to make, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, and when I think about him, that's, it's not really him. He's had a very respectable and honorable career as a firefighter, paramedic, uh, ended his um, career driving for the chief uh, as a driver for the for the truck. So he's he's worked in that capacity his whole life and very known around the city. I haven't met a firefighter in the city that doesn't know him if he's been around for any significant amount of time. So he's definitely done everything he could. It's just that unfortunately, 
there's just things that I needed in terms of maneuvering. Mm. You can say just from a professional standpoint, from a business standpoint, from a positioning standpoint that I had to, and I'm not even gonna put it all on him because I could have got the knowledge myself, but I was doing my own thing and I wasn't getting the game in certain areas mm -hmm. from him. So it kind of dawned on me one day when I kind of looked up and I was like, kind of like I said earlier, like, oh, all these other things are actually important. You know, this is, this is how I should, this is how I described it to him one day. <clears throat> And this is something that I'm going to try to do with my children on, if I ever get blessed with any. You have to find ways to naturally teach kids human life skills without teaching them human life Making skills. Making it seem like you're- Exactly. You know, like- Role play. What, what, <clears throat> one one, one um, example I gave was teaching somebody how to, teaching a kid how to budget, right? You don't say, all right, Chris, this is how you budget. This is your monthly income. This is your monthly expenses. You only spend exactly. That's not how you drill that home. But what you do do is say, "All right, Chris, here's however much fifty dollars for the week. Once this fifty dollars run out, you out until next week, and then you get fifty dollars. So make this work." like very natural ways of teaching people how yeah. to budget or just putting like I I, I work <coughs> around people and they're like yeah since teenagers we were learning about investments and I that's had crazy. a portfolio at 17 and I'm just like that's crazy oh, what at 17 I was yeah not not having an <laughs> not worried about portfolio Perry <laughs> Ellis portfolio that's about it <laughs> <laughs> new J's portfolio. I got, I got all the new J's. I got a diverse portfolio yeah. of shoes. <laughs> um, I can't. So yeah, um, just kind of understanding those little things that if you started at a younger age and kind of developed as you turned into a man, like you would just be a better. You'd just be better off from a position standpoint. From a from a like I said a. Um, status in a, in a way but and so that transition and me kind of expressing that to him hasn't been easy because at the heart i'm saying you drop the ball on something and that's not easy to hear from a father yeah but it's the truth because no parent's perfect every parent drops the ball every single one in some area mm -hmm. yeah. in a major way I, I feel confident enough to say that across the board. If you're a father, if you're a parent and you're present and active, you could be mom of the year, dad of the decade. I guarantee you. My mom, my mom only gets a year. My, yeah, you're right. That was <clears throat> sexist. Mom of the wow, decade. Wow, Chris. Jesus Christ. We're far, focusing on the fathers. That's we're going to have to edit that out. Sorry. <laughs> we just lost Russia. <laughs> <laughs> For those who are still listening, um, yeah, <laughs> it's very, it, you can be super parents of the year, right? But if we took your child and broke down their life, I guarantee you everybody would have one major area that you just completely neglected, didn't touch, did not cultivate, did not grow, did not instill. And they had to figure that thing out on their own. And more times than not, they, it took them longer or they just didn't do it at all or they didn't do it right. Mm -hmm. um, but 
part of that transition is me being also being a man and being mature. Like I said, saying for one, it wasn't all on him. And two, he did the best he could. Yeah. And if you're doing the best you can, like, I'll take whatever you miss and I'll figure I'll it out. Myself. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Yeah. But that's, from my perspective, that's that's the biggest challenge for me is just just realizing, man, like, yo, this, this isn't the world, y'all. Mm-hmm. And even schools do. Schools don't prepare you for the world. Like, like what are taxes? Right. <laughs> Some of these things I'm don't, saying. Don't worry about taxes. You need to know algebra too. Trigonometry <laughs> <You're laughs> is going to be very important in your life. If you don't know how to get X to the other side of this equal sign tray, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you won't you make, might be homeless. I don't you know. Make, <laughs> you won't make it past 19? Is that what they say? 19? <laughs> you won't make it past 19? <laughs> Calculus is a must. <laughs> so yeah, I think as a, as a whole, society in itself just has a way of elevating things that are either completely irrelevant or just not as important as other things that they should be teaching, either in the home or in the schools. And those who know, those who have, they learn. Yeah. Those who don't have, they figure out. <laughs> yeah. You figure it out. And we, we're figuring it out. Yeah. But uh, that was that's kind of my struggle now is just being like it's okay. No, I didn't. I didn't know these things, but we're gonna make up. We're gonna make yeah. it up. Okay. Yeah, real. I know you didn't have a father, so how was? How would you relate that to your mother in terms of? Uh, read the question again. I like the way you said that. I know you didn't have a father. <laughs> <laughs> you so good. Read the question again. That's just funny to me. Me, you go. Me, you gonna earn your check. <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. We can't pay. You. How difficult was it for you? to transition into manhood while maintaining your relationship with your father or mother? Was that transition more difficult for you or your father or mother? Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me, I would say it was more difficult for me because I feel like um, at a very young age, like I was kind of um, forced to be on my own. And so when you're forced to be a man on your own at a very young age, you you have to learn how to do everything for yourself. You know what I'm saying? When you're a teenager and you're like, I gotta get my own place. I gotta learn, I gotta pay bills. I gotta, you know, get a place. I gotta try to know how I'm gonna get to work. I gotta get a job. I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And so it was um, it was very difficult for me. My mom moved to a whole nother state um, when I was, I think I was 18 at the time. Um, so I was on my own. So I think it was much more difficult for me, but um in regards to men, I think that it's uh it's a key that they have to. You just have to be present, man. I'm, I'm speaking to this for any men that's out there listening, any fathers that's out there listening. You have to, um, you have to be there for your kids, man. There's no excuse. <clears throat> Gotta be. I know that the uh, the system. I know a lot of times they say the system isn't set up for men to, you know, be be um, active in their kids' lives and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Do what you can. Do whatever you can yeah. to be in your uh, in your children's lives, man. It's very important because if you're not, then they're gonna learn a lot of different things from a lot of different people that they shouldn't be learning from. Yeah, and, that's and, facts. And not only that, and the thing is, like Trey just said that's facts. They're not gonna learn facts. They're gonna learn opinions. Word flip. You know, they're gonna, learn, they're gonna learn a lot of different things that they should not be learning. But um, just, just to go back once again to that question, like I think it was much more difficult for me because I was like a kid having to be a man in an instant. Mm. And mm. so that, yeah. and when you never have a man to teach you to be a man, even if even if you had that, even I'm sorry, even if I had that, It'd be hard. it would be hard to be like, all right, now it's time to be a man Go and, do and it. flip that switch. That's impossible. And so for me, it was definitely much more difficult for me. Um, I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of details regarding my mom and whatnot. This is about dad, <clears throat> but much more difficult for me, much more. Gotcha. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I would say it was, I, I don't, be, just from my perspective, I don't know how that transition would be just seamless. No, it's. I, I, I don't, you know, it, it may, for some people, it may be a little more uh, smoother, a little more smooth, sorry, a little more smooth. Um, but I remember, um, I remember uh, moving back in after college and I had been on my own. I lived in a dorm for one year and then was in an apartment for the rest. And so, big, what? <laughs> Just a lot of stupid stuff. Um, and so I remember moving in and I, I remember like moving back in. I just remember like, you know, I was like, oh, okay, it's gonna be cool. And I just remember like we were butting heads what? like wow, nobody's man. business. I remember a few times thinking like, I'm gonna slide this man. <laughs> Can we get real? Pops gonna have to bruh, see me. Bruh. I'm gonna slide this knee, bro. <laughs> bruh, love my pops. I love him to death. A handful of times, I'm like, man. I love him to death. You what, 60 something? <laughs> I, I, I literally said, <laughs> you what, 60 something? No, I'm just saying he is. Like, I'm with no, her. for real. Like, I'm, I'm literally thinking. I can get to him before he gets to the pistol. Be good. <laughs> and see, my dad, my dad don't like guns, so I'm like, it's me and you, bro. No, it's me and you, <laughs> bro. <laughs> and guess who? Guess, guess who? Guess who? We'll take this one, Chief. That's right. <laughs> Me. I'm going to take it off my belt this time. I'm going to have to see you. I'm going to have to see you. <laughs> <This> <laughs> time, <laughs> belt. This time it's going to hurt you more than it hurt me. I just heard that. It's really going to hurt you. Now, now, I've seen Claude and, my, and met Claude. You're not taking off your belt on Claude, bro. Claude going to look at that belt and be like, what's this for? See, I understand why you would think that because of his size and overall stature, but I have some insider knowledge. That, nah, that he's scared of belts. <laughs> 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 is that leather? <laughs> <laughs> he got, got a belt. He got, got a belt for He got a leather allergy. <laughs> no, no, he just got he just got some. He got all, some all, all cotton couches, all cotton. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, no, he got metal knees, man. So he can't. Oh. He ain't got that lateral quickness no more. We got you. Yeah. Oh, so, so Chris would kick his father. No, I would never. He would do that. I would never. You're Time to your crap, Dad. <laughs> I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back tomorrow. To pick you up. <laughs> nah, player. Just player. Play but, but, but yeah, I mean, they're like just being honest, there were there were a few times, not a lot, where I was like, yeah, I want to slide this man. But I think I, I, I can think of two times. The only two times. Um, but I think that transition was um probably complicated by like my lack of humility mm. at 21 thinking like I knew everything. That's that boyhood um, syndrome. Yeah, man. like literally See? and like and like not understanding that my father was not expecting me to have it all together. My father wanted to see someone who was humble and who was transparent and who would just take care of the basic things. Um, and so, you know, we struggled um, mightily um, mostly because of me and my foolishness um, and just some things that I did that just really hurt them. Um, but I think even in, and this is why, this is why it's so beautiful because God is so sovereign, even in like my shortcomings, God still used that to show himself through my father and how he forgave me and how he still loved me in spite of a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and so like that transition, um, it was definitely, it was, I don't know if it was more difficult for me or him, 
Um, I think it was probably just difficult for us both, just in different ways, um, because he's. I'm, I, I know he probably is just wanted to know, like, hey, like I can, I can be taken from this earth any day. I want to know that in my absence, you can step up. You're prepared. You know what I'm saying? And I think now that, um, now that he has seen that, like our relationship is like blossomed it's it's beautiful like we still have like you know our nooks and we still have our bumps in the road but like our communication is like we're communicating as men it's no longer i gotta worry about if trey is taking care or just taking care of stuff like no we're communicating as men um and to be truthful like i think it's it's super beautiful because now like my grandfather being gone i think he's a little more at ease knowing like if i was to leave like trey could step up I think that um, it's very important to say this too. A lot of times in our lives, we don't recognize that we do this, but I think we do. Um, The relationship that we have with our father will definitely almost mirror the relationship we have with God. That's good. At least on our end, not on his, but on ours. That's good. So, like, and I say that, um, like, I look at God and sometimes I'm like, he ain't thinking about me. You know, like, Think about it, like sometimes we pray for things, we ask God for things, this, that, and the other. And when those things don't happen or come when we want them to come, we get upset, you know, we get emotional, this, that, and the third. And so when you compare it to the relationship with your father, sometimes subconsciously, it'll make you think, he ain't think about me. He don't hit me when I talk, he don't hit me when I pray, he ain't here, he ain't present. And so like, we have to be aware of the fact that our relationship with God isn't the same as our relationship with our earthly father. That's good, that's good. I think we gonna, I think we gonna leave it on that note. That's okay. a good one, real. That was that was solid. That's a good one, this, real. Is, this is a topic that we probably gonna come back to. Maybe Indeed. not immediately, but part two. I can feel it. I feel it in my spirit. There's okay. there needs to be a follow up to this because we just kind of scratched this. This is the father of the other episode. Hmm? This yeah, is- this, is, this is the father. Of the <laughs> I see what you did there. That's I see good. what you. I see That's what you did good. there. Um, we did it with. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Go us. We didn't burn anything down. Yo, we we miss you. We miss you. We do. We do. Come back, please. Please. <laughs> we miss you with it. Uh, shout out to Fred, as usual. Big ups to Fred. Fred. Big Fred ups to Fred. on camera one day and on the mic. Yeah. yeah we're not asking. Me. We're telling. <laughs> Fred, I ain't listened to nobody in 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to start today. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to FK Forever, man, for hosting us. Appreciate the squad cast, Braille, Nino Brown coming through. Nino sure. Brown. <laughs> Bless you real quick, bro. Yeah, 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 man. Oh, I appreciate Shine it. on them. Let them you know the blessings. <laughs> let, them, let them see the blessings. Yeah, I got the Instagram password now, brother, so I can get that. <laughs> up the story. Wit got on me the other day. She was like, Chris, every story can't be a highlight. I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> why? I'm new to Instagram. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Right. Followed by guy. Real with the real. Real with the real on the IG. We got him on there. We're going to start tagging good stuff. Because you be saying good stuff, man. People want to follow you. People want to know. I'll be reading off your paper, bro. I'll be be (laughs) be reading off the notes. (laughs) You're a lot. But no, Wit's the head of social media. So she ended up like, Chris, stop. And I was like, you the boss. (laughs) (laughs) I was sorry. I was sorry. I just want people to know what I'm doing. Wow. That was rehearsed. Whitney give me sleeps. <laughs> so uh no, I appreciate y'all pulling up, breaking break, getting fed. Yes, sir. Shout out to all the listeners. Thank you for appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. We love y'all, man. We will be back next week as usual. Still grinding, still going, still growing. Yeah, we love you. We'll holla. Peace. Peace. <laughs>